Welcome to the podcast. This is You Gotta Watch This. I am your host, Aaron, and with me is your host, Nick. Hi! We are doing a podcast, and let me just tell you a little bit about it. T- hey, tell, tell me a little bit about it. So what we do here is we watch every film uh-huh. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And there's a lot of them. There are 23 as of right now, uh-huh. and we just finished film number 17. Woo! So we watch them, but we don't just watch them because that wouldn't be a very interesting podcast. We watch them and then we talk about them. Mm-hmm. Our what thoughts if the, what and our if feelings. That was the podcast? You just heard like the the audio <laughs> from the movie and us occasionally going, "Whoa!" I think we would have some legal problems. Yeah, probably so. Uh, but it's not just as simple as that. We nope. don't just watch and talk. Nope. You see, there's a little bit of a twist. A little bit. So I am very familiar with these films. Yep. I've seen them all a multitude of times. Yes. Yeah. I am a big, big fan of the MCU. He's an expert. And Nick, you're watching these for the very first the time. The very first time! With a few notable exceptions. Yep. But this is not one of those exceptions. No, this is the first time I've seen this. And uh, I'm going to stop being vague. Uh, this is the Thor Ragnarok episode. Thor Ragnarok. Thor 3. Thor Ragnarok and roll. And we just finished watching it. And now is the part of the podcast where it's always it's always my favorite part. I feel like every part's your favorite part. The, the whole podcast is great. I don't know if you've listened to it. It's very good. Uh, we're going to get Nick's hot take. Yeah. What'd you think? I loved it. Yeah? Yeah. Um, this was just a nice, tight little side quest of a movie. Mm-hmm. It didn't bother itself with any of the other stuff going on. It's like, here's some awesome action-adventure mythology story, uh, and it was fantastic. I loved it. Yeah. I, I was... This is this is one of my favorite, maybe my favorite. It's really? it's up there, yeah, probably top three. Yeah, and I was worried because last week you mentioned you were excited, you were looking forward to some like mythology and some get into some like Thor fantasy, uh-huh. and I was like, and there is some of that in here. There's definitely pieces of yeah. it. Yeah, but it's very sci-fi heavy as well. Sure, and sure. I was like, I was like, I hope that doesn't turn Nick oh, no, off. No, 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 it was awesome. Yeah, uh, and yeah, everything on the planet. Um, I'm gonna mess up the name. Hang on, don't tell me. No, what is it? Sakar. Sakar. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was all fantastic. I yeah. love that. Yeah, it's very, very Guardians of the Galaxy adjacent. Yes, you, you, could, yeah. you, could, you would expect to see Star Lord show up on this planet. Yeah, absolutely. At any moment. Um, so it's nice. It's that cohesiveness, but Thor doesn't feel out of place there either. And right. Thor doesn't act out of place there. Like right. he's like, okay, I'm on an alien planet. Let's figure this out. Uh-huh. You know, what do we do next? And, and you, you, you've seen him on other planets in other movies, but you get the impression that he's been a ton of places. Yeah. So he's not really phased by anything. He, he's like, he, this is something I've not seen, but yeah. whatever. I think in Thor too, they established he's like 1500 years old. Yeah. So he's, he's been around the block. Um, so for people who maybe haven't just finished watching this movie like us, cause it literally credits ran maybe a minute and a half uh-huh. ago, uh, just long enough for the computer we, to boot up. We scurried up here. <laughs> we scurried up here. Uh, so let's do the patented Nick yeah. three minute recap. Oh, yeah. Nick's so, going to try really hard. He has like 18 pages. I'm of notes. really worried <laughs> because it, it like, if I have a front and back page that traditionally has been going like four minutes <laughs> and I've got a front and back and some. Well, I, I believe in you, uh-huh. um, so just know it will trigger Ragnarok if you're over three <laughs> oh, minutes. Oh, no. Okay. So um, your time starts. It started. Go. Oh, God! 
Okay, Thor Ragnarok starts off. Thor's in a cage. Uh, Surtur, which is the dumbest name ever, is a fire guy who wants to destroy Asgard. Ragnarok is the prophecy of Asgard's fall. Okay, so Thor defeats this fire guy and, and returns to Asgard. Loki has been masquerading as Odin, it turns out. All right, so Loki gets Doctor Strange away. Uh, Thor meets the Doc uh, who helps uh, who helps direct him and Loki to Odin, Norway. So Odin warns of Ragnarok and the coming of Hela, the goddess of death, uh, who is whoa, their sister. Oh, so then Odi, uh, Odin, <laughs> Odin uh, dies and Jedi fades out. Um, Hela shows up and destroys Molnir, Thor's hammer, which was crazy. And then they fight uh, in the Rainbow Road, and the boys get knocked out, and Hela winds up in Asgard, and then out of nowhere, just she kills two of Thor's crew. Um, Two, more like two dead crew, and then oh, no. Thor ends up <laughs> on, a, on a trash planet and is taken by a mysterious trash lady. Uh, meanwhile, Hela lays waste to the armies of Asgard. She kills, like, everybody. Um, so Thor is on Sakaar, I did write that down, <laughs> where he becomes a gladiator for the Grandmaster, played awesomely by Jeff Goldblum. Um, so the mysterious lady sells him to the Grandmaster um, to participate in this contest of champions. So Loki uh, has already been there, apparently, for, like, a week, I I guess because like the Rainbow Road time rules or whatever. Sure. Uh, Thor meets uh, a rock guy. He's funny. Uh, it's Taika Waititi. Uh, Hela was instrumental. Turns out Hela was instrumental in Odin's conquering of the Nine Realms. Um, but once he had kind of established power, uh, he didn't need her anymore, or he saw he changed his his tune or whatever, uh, and he uh, banishes her. Um, so she uses the Eternal Flame to raise the un, raise an undead army of all the dead uh, as guardians, um, including her giant wolf Finris. Um, so Thor realizes that Scrapper 142 is Asgardian. Uh, that was the mysterious trash lady. Um, and she is a Valkyrie warrior. Um, so Thor winds up meeting the champion in the ring and lo and behold, it's Hulk, um, who says no banner, only Hulk. And they fight, um, Thor lightning punches Hulk. It seems like he's, he's, he's learning how to fight without his hammer. Um, so back in Asgard, Hela makes uh, Scourge uh, her executioner, um, but Heimdall's sword is gone. Uh-oh, because guess what? Heimdall has it again. Woo! Because uh, Heimdall's back. He's got uh, all the loyal Asgardians safe in a vault somewhere. Um, so Thor tries to get Hulk to help him escape. Thor's, or Hulk is not interested. Um Really hilarious stuff. Hulk, very interestingly, we'll talk about this later, Hulk is talking a lot more. So, all right. So, Heimdall uh, lets Thor see what's going on in Asgard. Thor, oh, no, no, I just ran out of time. I'm not even close. (laughs) Keep going. We started another three minutes. Thor Thor tries uh, uh, to get Scrapper 142, who I'm going to call Valkyrie from now on, to help. um, And he escapes to the Quinjet. Hulk uh, transitions back into Banner. And he's confused because he's been Hulk for two years. Loki sees Valkyrie's memory of the defeat of all the Valkyries uh, by Hela. It's uh, Hela scary. Um, Banner, Thor, Valkyrie, and Loki form, uh, quote-unquote, the Revengers. Um, Loki tries to betray Thor, um, but uh, Thor sees it coming, and uh, he doesn't get betrayed. Um, So they steal a ship. Valkyrie and Thor destroy the chasing ships, and they escape through the portal to Asgard. And then Hela goes for Heimdall and the refugees. Thor shows up to the, act as like a distraction while Banner and Valkyrie are trying to get the refugees out. Heimdall fights Scourge and Fenris on the bridge, the Rainbow Road Bridge, whatever it was it called. 
Bifrost. Bifrost. Um, so Banner hulks out and fights Fenris, the giant wolf. Loki shows up. Um, he's a good guy after all, uh, and he helps um, evacuate everybody th- and and fight. Thor realizes that he, Thor finally realizes his power as God of Thunder, and he like uh, does some lightning uh, moves. It's pretty cool. Uh, Loki, um, they're on the same team now. Loki runs for the vault to grab artifacts. Um, Scourge winds up redeeming himself um, to help uh, the refugees escape and then immediately dies. Um, Loki brings back Surtur on purpose uh, to activate the prophecy of Ragnarok and to bring down Asgard because they realize that's where Hela gets his, her strength is Asgard. So if Asgard falls, she falls. So Surfer, uh, Surfer, uh, what's his name? Surtur. Uh, fulfills uh, the Ragnarok prophecy, um, defeats Hela, and destroys Asgard. It's crazy. Um, by the way, Thor loses an eye, just like his dad. Um, and then at the very end, Thor takes the throne of the displaced uh, Asgard. Um, and then we see a mid-credit scene where they encounter a really big spaceship. Yeah. And the post-credit scene? Post-credit scene, um, Grandmaster Funk um, is about to get funked up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was uh that was uh five and a half minutes. Yeah, you know, it was a big, important, awesome movie. There was a lot. It was hard to summarize. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. So I mean, I could just say like Thor fights bad guys and saves the day, but, but that wouldn't be as fun. No. Uh, so yeah, well, let's let's talk about this movie. A little yeah, bit. let's do it. I kind of want to start with Doctor Strange because I'm afraid once we get into the other stuff, we're gonna we'll forget, forget about it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Doctor Strange in in this. Um, definitely more powerful than when we oh, left him. Yeah. He's he's tossing Thor around. Mm-hmm. He's like kind of totally neutralized Loki. Like yeah. he's com- and part of it he's just moving really quick. You right. know, like he's keeping them all off their toes. Yeah. You know, so they don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do love that how he's constantly shifting and like every time it happens, like Thor's like like knocking books off the shelf, yeah, and spilling his drink, uh, and falling down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. really it's well done, hilarious. And he's just so matter of fact. Um, something I didn't think about, I read about this, and it makes total sense. So he's wearing his trademark in the in the comic books. He's he wears yellow gloves, mm-hmm. and he's wearing them in this. He was wearing them in that at the. It's the same as the mid credit scene for yeah. Doctor Strange. Uh-huh. Um, which is actually just clips Parts from this, this movie. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Taika Waititi, um, before they struck all the sets for Dr. Strange, he was like, can I get in there? And yeah. I want to, and you know, and so Scott, uh, Derrickson, who's the director of Dr. Strange was like, I like this. Like, I'm going to put this in my movie, you know? Oh, so that's cool. They were, at least he didn't object strongly. He didn't right. fight Marvel when they said we're doing this. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, he's wearing the gloves because since it was shot totally outside of Dr. Strange, um, you know, his hands are all messed up and they guess they didn't want to do the makeup again. Oh, so they're like, right. you know, what? we're going to put these gloves on you so we can't <laughs> see your hands. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that's a neat touch, but it works. It makes yeah. him more, seem more professional. It, it's definitely like it, it, it reinforces the idea that time has gone by and he's sort yeah. of like, you know, he's changed. He's got a different garb and get up and mm-hmm. like he's definitely got a better handle on his powers so it's interesting you mentioned time has passed and and i'm thinking about this we talked in dr strange about how it's difficult to place that movie in time Mm -hmm. like when exactly is it happening um according to the um the special features for this movie they say that this movie takes place during civil war this is like thor and 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 hulk's adventure 
you know, during Civil War. So right. that would imply Ex- that Doctor Strange is like ready to go and like finish training by the beginning of Civil War. So that almost does put the yeah. Doctor Strange movie before. It's a little murky, and I think they'll probably never clear it up exactly. Uh-huh. But it's interesting to think about, you know. You know, it, magic's involved, so maybe uh, it's all just happening simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, maybe. He did say it's been two years since Sokovia, though, mm-hmm. which happened in 2015. So that would put this in 2017. Sure, sure, sure. Who sure, knows? Sure. Who knows? Whatever. Maybe Civil War t- takes place in so, 2017. Uh, let me let me just say I loved all the the Doctor Strange stuff. I thought it was great that they sort of had a little callback to have him in this. But in retrospect, because I when he was introduced, and I knew he was going to be in this because of the the mid credit yeah. scene in Doctor Strange. But when he was introduced in this movie, I just fully expected him to okay, he's going to be like a character in this movie now. Oh yeah, like and a, it, it sort of threw me that he he was there for it was like a five minute scene. Really. Yeah, it's a cameo. Yeah, and it was to you know kind of help them like go from you know point you know plot point D to E or whatever. Yeah. Um, the shortcut to finding Odin. They don't have to look. Yeah. It's like, you they know, don't have to really look. He yeah. knows where Odin is. Uh-huh. So he's like, I'll just take you there. And that way, you yeah. know, cut, you know, cut through all the stuff of you, like tracking him down. It just the, the, the I, and I'm not complaining about it, but I just, I think it I felt a little funny. I, I hear that. I think it does make sense to me though. It totally tracks that Dr. Strange would be the welcoming committee for like Asgardians. Yeah. I mean, you know, that makes he's, sense. He's like, yeah, he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm self-appointed. Like I yeah. will, I will be handling it from here on out. It makes you wonder why the ancient one wasn't involved with the first time, but right. maybe she had other stuff going on. Well, yeah, I think she kind of had like, they had like sort of their legendary bugaboo mm-hmm. with the, the, what's the nether guy? The, oh, Dormammu? Yeah. That's kind of like their big thing that they were sort of like, that's all we're really focusing on. Yeah. That was kind of my impression. And so like, that's all done now. So now, you know, <laughs> Dr. Strange can kind of like use his expanded horizons to look beyond that. That's this, true. I, I sort of see him like expanding the, the, the wizardry school. The other, thing, the other thing to think about, too, is maybe the first time Loki came, he was kind of, uh, you know, had no notoriety. So it's like, yeah, he's just some guy who's right. here, whatever. He's a tourist. You mm-hmm. know, he's checking out the sites. But when he comes back again, Dr. Strange is like, I remember you from last time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to you're not allowed to just walk around anymore. Yeah. I'm going to need to see your papers. Um, So, yeah, let's. So there's so much to talk about in this movie. It's it's crazy to think that this is the third in a trilogy because it's so different from the first two Thor movies. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a totally new direction. Uh-huh. The third director in three movies. Yeah. And um, Taika Waititi said, you know, he was approached by Marvel. And they were like, we want to take it in a new direction. Uh-huh. We want to do something a little different. And they did. And I think it really works. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's definitely the highlight is, is comedy. I mean, all these movies oh, yeah. are... All the MCU movies have jokes, uh-huh. and some of them are very, very funny. Like yep. Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. and, and like the Avengers movies and Spider-Man, very funny movies. Mm-hmm. But this one, I think, definitely stands apart as, for me anyways, being incredibly yeah, funny. Yeah, I was, I was like, I, I actually like had a couple of <laughs> knee slap moments. Yeah. And it's it's a real team effort. I mean, Loki's always had some funny lines. Uh-huh. Um, and, of course, Hulk is, is a lot of comic relief a lot of times. Uh-huh. Um, and you had Korg. Yeah, you know, who yeah. totally stole uh, the scenes he was in. But Thor is the source of a lot of humor too. Yeah, I, I feel like he got a little. He he was sort of given the the uh, the go ahead to sort of stretch his comedic legs that, here. That's my understanding is that Chris Hemsworth 
always kind of wanted to do that uh-huh. and, and felt kind of like boxed in. And so Taika Waititi's like, no, this guy's hilarious. Like, yeah. Let's let him be funny. Yeah. And that's awesome. It starts right in the beginning where mm-hmm. he's uh, captured by Surtur and I, this, I really thought I was going to die in the theater in that scene where he's like hanging from the chain <laughs> yeah. and Surtur's like going, getting like this big head of steam uh-huh. and doing all these like doom saying prophecy. Yeah. And he's like, hold on a second. And he's just spinning around yeah. <laughs> and he has this great line. The second time it happens, he's like, it's crazy. I'm not even moving. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, just, it's I, just doing it on its own. He had he had some fantastic lines. Like when so when uh, he they trick Valkyrie to show up in uh, Hulk's quarters, mm-hmm. and he sort of steps forward and tries to lean on like the <laughs> the shelving, yeah. but he can't get a grip, and then winds up just like crossing his hands awkwardly in front of his body. Oh, yeah, so great. A lot of great physical comedy. There's a similar scene uh, when he's at the Sanctum Sanctorum. And he's playing with the little thing. Yes. Oh and God. knocks it all down. He's trying to put it back together. He's trying to be like, he's trying to sort of be like, oh, I'm, I'm unfazed by this. Yeah, like, and exactly. And be cool, but. Yeah. yeah, I've seen one of these before. I'm going to play with it while you're yeah. talking. <laughs> and it totally belies the fact that he just, he just totally bricks it. <laughs> like twice. Yeah. Doctor is like, you can just leave that alone. <laughs> yeah. So I, I definitely am a big fan of, of that change for Thor. Yeah. Uh, makes him a much more interesting character yeah. too, um, to see him, you know, try and fail. And he has so many just great little things. Like when he's talking to Hulk and Banner, he keeps, you know, saying like, I prefer you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I, I like, I like that they're sort of creating these little like, um, like dualities or like dichotomies within mm-hmm. like the Avengers group. Like, You've got Captain America and Tony Stark, like yeah. they're like a duality, like uh-huh. you know, and they're they're opposed at t- at most times, even though they have like similar goals, you mm-hmm. know, and that's what the whole Civil War was about. And, yeah. Um, but then you've got like they're definitely grouping Thor and Hulk together at this point. I feel yeah. like, and mm-hmm. and I really like that combo. Yeah, they're they're both um, the heavy hitters of the group, yeah, for sure. In a way that Captain America and Iron Man, they're definitely, I would say, in the class above Captain America and Iron Man. Uh-huh. Uh, either one of them could, you know, take on those guys. Well, uh, and Captain America and Iron Man are more like the they're trying to function as both the brain and the heart. Yes, you know, yeah, and, and you know, Thor and 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 Hulk are very happy just being the muscle. Yeah, and they're both different kinds of muscle. You know, you got. Yeah. And they're both, I mean, they're both fighters, but, you know, Thor's got a little bit of, like, the magic going on uh-huh. with his lightning, and, you know, he's, he's you know, can you have weapons. Very, he's very more high tech- technique. Yeah, exactly. And and Hulk is just all, like, raw muscle yeah. uh-huh. and, like, a barbarian. So, like, they're different, like, classes, like, in a Dungeons & Dragons yeah, yeah, kind of party. And so it's neat to see them paired up here. Um, one of the things I really liked when they're talking about how to get off Sakaar, um, and... Banner is talking about like the the science behind the devil's anus and like what it is, <laughs> and then Thor comes back with a line about how like the ship they like need needs yeah. to have this or that to so they can do this, and he's using a bunch of science terms t- too, you know. And you realize that's because he's a citizen of like the universe, yeah. and he knows that's he like, knows kind that of stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of like ba- like you know basic like you know directions off the freeway kind right. of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like this is what we'll need to do we'll stop uh-huh. and get gas and yeah it's just and he i just knows kind of yeah yeah i like that i like how that puts him you know on the same footing with banner there too a little bit right. like, he knows things he's not yeah. an idiot right you know? yeah 
and to him it is the same as like knowing directions or like how to read a map or how a car works you yeah. know and for banner it's because he's a super genius yeah. because you know people <laughs> from earth don't understand any of that right so it's it's neat to see that let's we'll be kind of dancing around it let's let's talk about hulk for a minute okay this yeah. is a very different hulk this is the first time that Mark Ruffalo has done the voice for Hulk. It's always been Lou Ferrigno before. Oh, was it? Okay. I, yeah. I, I thought it worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And I actually, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought they modeled Hulk a little differently to look more like Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. So they've been, they've been doing it since Avengers, the first Avengers, but they've definitely been like tweaking, tweaking it every time. And, and changing like he's his model is changing yeah partly with technology as it gets better they make him look more real and, yeah uh more dynamic but they're definitely trying to show sort of an evolution yeah because yeah, he had kind of like the stubble going on so yeah. it was, it, i'm very fascinated by what they're doing because i mean it just with the visual i think they're trying to show that hulk and banner despite what actually and we'll we'll get to this in a sec but like visually hulk and banner are big coming more and more similar Mm -hmm. you know like hulk or when he is hulk he's still his facial structure yeah is recognizably banner yes absolutely and you know he's got this double he's he's not just a big green monster i mean he's a big green humanoid looking monster i i really wonder because they're obviously aware of each other and i wonder like what like form that awareness takes because yeah. they, they never talk to it you know they don't yeah. really talk to each other because they're different they're two people inside the same body um it's so interesting i love that because hulk is clearly aware of banner i mean he, we saw that a little bit in age of ultron when tony referred to hulk as banner uh in south africa uh-huh. and that's when hulk like got even he's like oh yeah that's right i'm not supposed to mention banner and that's thor does it several times in this yeah. during the gladiator fight um but hulk refers to him as well and like you know he talks about why he doesn't like banner and he's like you're you're not my friend you're banner's friend mm-hmm. and so it's interesting to see hulk's awareness and i just i love the way he acts in it, especially that scene after their fight where they're in his like penthouse suite yeah and they like they yell they say mean things to each other yeah, and they're just, like throwing stuff at each other yeah and he's like in the hulk's like stop kicking stop things. kicking things and he throws a thing at him <laughs> and then thor says like you're right everybody on earth does hate you yeah. and then he like he just all of a sudden that like completely deflates hulk. yeah like he doesn't want to throw things anymore he's all huffy yeah sad. and he, just like very much like a like a child yeah and he like flaps his arms yeah <laughs> I just I love it so much. Yeah. It's so good. And then he and like Thor realizes he's gone too far, so he uh-huh. goes up to him and Hulk's like shakes his head and right. says no. Yeah. <laughs> like, nope, nope, I don't want to talk to you. I I love that scene. Now, uh I, I remember last week telling you that I was excited to watch this because I had seen I remember seeing trailers and thinking, I wanna watch this. Yeah. And specifically the scene that I remember like seeing in the trailer and i was like this just looks great i i know i'm missing out on something here yeah was the a clip of that scene when they were sitting side by side on the bed uh-huh and when he was t- they were talking about what kind of different fire they are <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know and he's like uh you know hulk raging fire <laughs> you smoldering <laughs> yeah i i love the the first part of that where thor's like we're very much the same and hulk's like yeah i'm like fire and you're like water (laughs) (laughs) it's just like he's agreeing with him but it's complete opposite i I love that yeah it's all the interactions with hulk are great um so i'm 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 i think you know this is obviously the the most we've seen 
Hulk in Hulk form mm-hmm. talk yeah. and be able to reason mm-hmm. um, and be able to interact with people like outside of physical violence really yes absolutely he um, has he has friends yeah uh yeah he because he's obviously friends with valkyrie right like there's a pre-existing relationship that and we that's actually one of the more interesting parts of this movie is like diving into hulk so clearly like banner has really like you know everything that's happened and he knows all the damage that he's done as hulk mm-hmm. and that's really affected him mm-hmm. and you know he's escaped as hulk and i think he he is literally escaping mm-hmm. dealing with it by staying yeah. hulk yeah. yeah you know and I, when he comes back and he he is banner again he doesn't seem to have any real memory mm-hmm. other than sort of like echoes of it and like yeah. sort of a deja vu sense yeah cuz um, he, he's like he recognizes Valkyrie. Yeah, but but not like, oh yeah, we were friends when I was Hulk. He's like, I feel like I know you. Yeah, somewhere. yeah, it's, yeah. It's very vague. And and but uh, you know, the, it's the idea that like somewhere deep in Hulk, there is Banner deciding to be Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I I have to believe that there is a a decision making Banner at the base of Hulk. Yeah, like yeah, I no, I totally buy that. Like he's. He, you know, like he, if you asked him, he'd be like, of course I want to be Banner, but like he, he'd be lying to you. Right. You know, like he, he's, yeah, he is choosing to, because that absolves him of that responsibility. Because if he's Banner, he has to figure out how to get home. Right. You know, like he's Banner, he has to care about like what's happening. He has to deal with his guilt. Yeah. You know, but Hulk can just fight people and beat people up. Right. You know, it's, that's a very interesting thought. It's escapism. Yeah. Yeah. He's Uh, refusing to deal with. You know his real his real problems. I, I'm just fascinated by that. Yeah, this is a a movie of very strong characters. You had Thor and and Hulk who were pre existing, but mm-hmm. it introduced two new ones that are also just incredibly strong characters, and that's Hela and Valkyrie. Yeah, and let's talk about Valkyrie first. Okay. I just I love her. She's awesome introduction. Yep, uh, where she just falls, falls off. off the ship. Yeah, after she drinks in. <laughs> There's a there's a scene you see Thor fighting guys and he has a scene where he like punches a guy and he goes off into the distance. Yeah. And then after uh Valkyrie fights those guys, she throws one off into the distance. Yeah. And that's your first like visual cue that she she might be Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, hey, Similar that, to she him. did what he just did. Yeah. And and sure enough we find out that she's an Asgardian, which uh-huh. I thought was a pretty cool yeah, twist. That's awesome. And and then you get to see like Loki. I, maybe he wasn't like quite thinking it through or he just thought maybe he would get an advantage or the, the temporary upper hand if he could look into her memory and see what that moment yeah. was like. But when he like touches her forehead and look, looks back at the memory of when the, all, all the Valkyries, mm-hmm. um, is it a, is it a collective plural? Like, do they say the Valkyrie meaning? I, I think so. Okay. Yeah. So the Valkyrie plural, uh, as a, troop attacked yeah. hella mm-hmm. riding pegasus like yeah so those cool. were that was amazing <laughs> yeah. and coming through this like like rip in space time yeah like oh it was that well, scene was every, so cool i feel like every still like every frame of that sequence is the cover of a prog rock album <laughs> yes. that i want to listen to yes. <laughs> Like it's everything, and like just, I mean, it's so beautiful. Uh-huh. And the real, I mean, the whole thing, like the shots of Hella, like 
throwing those like swords up yeah, at him yeah. and like the shot of Valkyrie falling off uh-huh. the pe- like it's just so good and I, I I like that they hint at stuff that they haven't talked about maybe they will eventually but she's running towards Hela and another Valkyrie turns away and pushes her back yeah and sh- that Valkyrie gets killed mm-hmm. in the process I want to know the story of that so that is just coming from just watching this movie. Uh, that's a, a nod to the comics. Okay. Um, in the comics, Valkyrie is a like a Viking, like blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, woman warrior with a sword. Uh, and, and so, and of yeah. course, Taika Waititi, when he was, you know, ca- you know, casting this movie, he, uh, he, people asked him, you know, not in like a mean way, I don't think, but they were like, oh, so you, you've hired Tessa Thompson um, just to increase the diversity of your movie. And he's like, no, she's the best actress for this role. And that's who I picked. You know, yeah. He's like, you can, you can cast based on like skin color, you know, but like that stuff is unimportant. You know, what's important is making sure you have the best actress for the job. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, that's, that's Tessa. And you know, he's totally right. She's yeah. absolutely nailed it. Cause mm-hmm. she's not just, you know, she's a hero. But a very flawed hero. Absolutely. Uh, somebody who she, got her butt kicked and, and ran away yeah. from her problem. Well, and, and so much, and maybe that's the root of the the how she and Hulk have this connection. Yeah. She also is, is yeah. running away. She mm-hmm. is hiding. She's avoiding yeah. dealing with... The, Absolutely. Yeah. That's very astute. So I, I love to see that. I love... She's definitely like has these these barriers you know Uh where she has to seem like detached like i don't care i don't care what's happening to asgard but she does care you know but um but yeah it's just she wants to protect herself from Mm -hmm. that that guilt yeah and you know that that experience was so traumatic yeah because i mean the guilt is is just pure survivor's guilt you know like she didn't you know do anything wrong hella is literally unbeatable right on asgard like some shame in that nobody could beat her yeah now no help me out here that scene that in the flashback when the valkyrie are fighting hella that's when odin has decided to banish her so yeah they say that or she had already been banished and was trying to break free okay. and the valkyrie were called in to like beat her back okay so we assume that even though we see the valkyrie are killed almost to a person um they are ultimately successful enough, because yeah. she doesn't show up again until Odin dies. Yeah, um, but maybe they were, you know, the crucial until Odin could help and sure. seal the deal. Who knows? Right. Yeah. But yeah, I get the feeling that like we're not we're only seeing parts of that. Yeah. And I actually kind of like that. You're, we're just seeing little hints of that. Yeah. Like the mythology behind the mythology, which mm. they, you know, show sort of quite literally yes. when she she uh, you know looks up at this sort of idealized history of yes. of Asgard and how Odin had had done everything and and she shatters it and there was you know the the um this what do you call it a mural or yeah. whatever um behind it that yeah. sort of showed the the violent truth yeah with her and and, Odin. and I love it cuz in the center of it it's Odin with those antlers yeah super and cool i i love that shot that is so cool uh-huh. because it and you know the movie never really um gives quite because it's a very breakneck speed movie it's always something happening but to think about it like the the issues it raises you know she's you know she's talking to thor in the throne room and she's like where do you think odin got all this gold yeah nobody gave it to her right yeah he he went and took it and they you know they talk about the nine realms and 
you know, obviously the Asgardians have like a history of like their warriors mm-hmm. and, you know, so they have to be, you know, they're conquerors, mm-hmm. you know, there's, they, they've subjugated those nine realms. Yeah. And I like Hela implies that, that he stopped at nine realms that like that connections. We've talked about how the Bifrost connects the nine realms yeah. and, and maybe that is like, they're just somehow intrinsically connected, but Hela kind of makes it seem like, no, he went and found those worlds and linked them together. Uh-huh. And he could have done more. He could have done more. Yeah. He could have, she, and if it was up to her, it would have been the entire galaxy or mm-hmm. universe or whatever. Um, but yeah, she's a fantastic character. She's like, it's almost, she really is like unbeatable. You yeah. Know, when you see her fighting, she fights and she's like, just kind of, unconcerned with what's going to happen or yeah. she's like straight up gets hit in the face with hogan's mace uh she gets stabbed like at least twice uh-huh. and like she's fine I'm yeah like, <laughs> she is just a no- totally another level right uh and hints at odin's true power which we never really saw but glimpses of you know that these guys are definitely on another plane uh-huh. and even thor in his like super powered up um they call that odin force okay um that you know idea that he's really channeling his true power yeah still totally not a match for her yeah um but yeah so i i I really i like her ability they don't really talk about it but she seems to be able to just like conjure all these like weapons Mm -hmm. that she's constantly throwing like spears and swords and knives and Uh and i like that they do that and it's not some sort of like ephemeral ghost yeah. sort of weapons or like you know psychic damage you yeah. know it's, it's actual physical things that she's like summoning into being yes like she creates that axe and like hands it yeah to scourge and uh-huh. like here you go this is yours now yeah um it's such a neat and they don't talk about it like is it is a magic like you know is, yeah. she, is she like loki where she's is she like you know creating these out of nothing or you know what is she doing right. how does that work mm-hmm. and you know it's just kind of it's it, we haven't seen that before, and right. I, I liked that. I, she even creates these giant spikes that come out of the ocean yeah. to like try to, to hold attack, the ship, hold the ship, yeah. and attacks uh, Surtur, which is so. Neat. I I like thinking about, and and this is just me reading, you know, lots of fantasy and stuff over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, are you familiar with uh, Ursula Le Guin's uh, Wizard of Earthsea mm-hmm. series? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the idea that like. Um, and actually, the Witcher has a very similar sort of magic system. The idea that that everything caught, co- everything has a cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like magic is sort of like, um, you know, a weight on a scale on one side or the other, and you have to try to keep the balance. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, so I like the idea that she's the goddess of of death, mm-hmm. and that she doesn't care about the cost. Yeah, and that she's sort of summoning these things. And I like I, the idea that I kept getting when she was doing this is that she's like it's the equivalent of somebody going so deep into credit card debt that they're just going with it. Yeah. Like she's like accruing magical debt by just like summoning actual physical weapons yeah. into being and like the damage that's doing to the universe is almost like part and parcel of like the damage of the weapon that she's summoning. Yeah. I just, I yeah. don't know. I just kept that's thinking a, about that's that. That's a neat idea. Yeah. yeah. That she's just, and, and I'm definitely like putting, Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. Other, you know, <laughs> ideas onto this, but I just, I kept thinking about that, yeah. that it's sort of just, 
she she uses things and when when she needs a new thing she just summons it into being and yeah. discards that's the thing there's single like it's single not just use. it's yeah. not just like throwing knives i mean throwing swords and so like yeah. they're just you know infinite uh-huh. and to her and when she like smashed the door down of the vault where heimdall was yeah. hiding the refugees she was just like throwing these giant spears yeah and like it was just so calculated and devastating and wasteful yeah you know wasteful is a, i think that's definitely what you see where she and she, could you see her throw like 10 and like three will hit and the yeah. other ones just go off into nowhere mm-hmm. and she doesn't care you yeah. know I, I think that is an interesting uh way of looking at that i like that a lot so let's talk very briefly about um her giant wolf which i thought was super cool yeah um so Fenris, uh which i think is indeed the name of a giant wolf in um Norse mythology. I believe so. Yeah. I don't think Hela. I maybe I'm wrong on this, but I don't remember Hela being mm-hmm. part. Of, I maybe I, I don't know. So, um, but Fenris is part of that in some manner. And my um, early um, uh, exposure to that was through um, C.S. Lewis's *Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe*, where the um, the Ice Queen. Um, has her um, head of the guard mm. like is she has this like wolf sort of army and uh, her head of the guard is Fenris Ulf okay and he's a, a wolf sort of man wolf creature huh. uh, and I remember finding that really interesting and then later in life figuring out that was from North mytholo- mythology that he had sort of borrowed that idea of like the giant wolf sort yeah. of being like the familiar of the the queen of death you know mm. sort of thing so maybe hella is in north she North's is mythology. i just okay. looked her up uh hell or hella okay and the norse goddess of death cool that's awesome yeah it, it, yeah I, so i i like that and, and of course she's from the, the comics as well mm-hmm. uh, we saw the return of loki yeah who we knew wasn't dead by the end of thor 2 yeah. because he was masquerading as odin but he is in this is probably my favorite depiction of him uh, uh-huh. in the movies where he's he is a true like trickster you know he's not like out and out villainous yeah uh and when i watch avengers he's great in avengers but like after watching thor ragnarok and you go back and watch avengers it's almost he's a little unrecognizable because yeah, i like i choose to believe this version of him and i i don't know if you recall like i just refused to sort of believe that that was the way yeah. he was yeah. at the time because it didn't feel right he he was yeah, he was lying to himself. Yeah. But in this one, he's very much just looking out for himself. You uh-huh. know, he maybe wants to rule Sakaar someday, you yeah. know, but right now he's interested in just staying alive. Yeah, and but then he does make the right decisions. He, d- he does. He does. He goes He goes with Thor, comes back, uh-huh. and saves the day. And he, of course, plays it yeah. completely up, which is yeah. very much, you know, in his DNA as well. He, uh-huh. can't, he can't just be... Like the Thor style here. About, like, your savior has arrived. Yeah. <laughs> his arms open. He's wearing his horned his helmet. Helmet, helmet. Yeah, he. That was pretty great. When he is on Asgard, he's staged this play, which <laughs> yeah. is like the end of Thor two. Uh-huh. I absolutely love that idea that we're watching a play of one of the other yeah. movies. To, and it's just in case you didn't watch Thor two. Uh-huh. But it's Matt Damon. And yeah, which Sam who's Neil. great. And I believe i didn't look this up and i wish i i believe they're playing themselves like the idea is that he got matt damon <laughs> to come okay. to asgard to portray him oh, that's awesome and, and yeah there's a giant statue of him 
I I absolutely loved it, and you see, like that's Loki, his true, because his his whole thing in Avengers, like, oh, I'm I was meant to be a ruler, I was supposed to rule Asgard, yeah, in in Thor, and now I'm gonna go to Earth and rule that, and this is him ruling Asgard, you know, like yeah. what is he doing? Yeah. He's just hanging he's just out, watching TV. his own ego, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's he didn't want to rule. He doesn't know what he wants, right? He so, just wants a comfortable cush kind of. He yeah. wants the power, but not the responsibility. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you see, Odin was right in in passing him over. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Let's talk about the Grandmaster. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So he was. He's so good. Jeff Goldblum is a national treasure. <laughs> he was very briefly at the end of just as like a little dancing figure in the yeah, credits his, in yeah, Guardians of the Guardians, Galaxy. Yeah volume two and he's just incredible in this he's just playing like jeff goldblum yeah he does his like his little snap when he's being like uh, like scooted up to see thor (laughs) closely and just everything about that scene he's so unconcerned like him getting thor it's exciting for him because he's like that's a new acquisition Uh but it's clear this has happened many times before he's completely unfazed by the whole thing yeah just not taking any of Thor's threats seriously. <laughs> he keeps calling him Lord of Thunder. <laughs> Lord of Thunder. And he's like, oh, that, was that Sparkles? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He's just like playing the keyboard at one point. While he's talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, he was fantastic. Uh, it, like, and the, the, the final post credit scene. Yes. Uh, at the very end. He's like, so tie? We tie? <laughs> yeah. It's a tie. What it's, do you a say? tie. it's a tie. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he's, he's like, they were wondering. Like, yeah. And he's completely lost, but I, I completely love that. <laughs> the, um, the, the fight scenes in this were great. We, we've, we kind of talked on about a lot of them, mm-hmm. but the, that final scene, that fight of the Bifrost, once Thor's yeah. act, like kind of That's activated. Great, that's a good fight scene. They use the immigrant song to great effect, yep. and they've used it in the beginning too. Uh-huh. Uh, it's great in both places, but again, that that and the the first one, it, it could be the cover of an album. Yeah, uh, I I love when he's like shooting lightning all around him. He's like finding and focusing on what's in front of him, and every once in a while he'll like throw a kick behind him or whatever. But there's a shot where he's focusing on the people in front of him, and like those undead soldiers run up behind him, and like lightning just comes out and like shoots them. Like yeah. he doesn't turn around; they don't get a chance to touch yeah. him. And you just get a sense of like his true power, right? And 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 you also get the idea that he's still like he's starting to tap into it, but it's still like oh, yeah. it's the tip of the iceberg. Probably. He just he just got it, yeah. yeah. So he hasn't gotten all the way there yet. But that shot of him coming down from the Asgard like palace mm-hmm. onto the bridge and like they're all and they're like, all like they're reaching like, up to yeah, get him. They're like climbing over each other like to get him. Oh, that's on. a super cool shot. It's amazing. Like yeah. it's so well done, and it's on that like that uh, the Bifrost Bridge. You know, yeah. it's all like oh, it's, I love it. I that's one of my f- favorite things about a Thor movie is like you're gonna see a fight on that bridge. Yeah, then, yeah. It's by the way, like every movie we've seen that bridge in, it takes <laughs> massive damage. Yeah, it gets like, up. It's a little too fragile. Like it must be like that's like the the whole economy of Asgard <laughs> is built around repairing that bridge. <laughs> Yep. It, it's uh, Odin's New Deal. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, they took a chunk out of it this time, yeah. and a couple different places. And like the 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 wolf ran like I don't know, like two thirds of it, <laughs> and just was putting footholds in it the whole time. Yeah. The uh, I was thinking when all the Asgardians were going down the bridge to the Bifrost, and they're shuffling down, and then Fenris is there at the end, and then uh, Heimdall's like, "Turn around, let's go back." 
and I was like, man, there's going to be a lot of jostling. There's no railings on that bridge. I, I thought that too. That people is, are going to fall. This off. is so unsafe. Yeah. So we're very civic minded. You know, yeah, we, you yeah. got to have handrails you gotta. on a bridge. You You're gotta. asking for trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess they wanted to go for the look. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Speaking of the look, this movie has got this just awesome, like, 80s sci-fi vibe to yeah. it. Especially Sakaar. They they based it all on, um, or it's kind of like, they envisioned it as a tribute to Jack Kirby, who is the name I mentioned before. He's a comic book artist. Okay. Um, so, like, Stan Lee was more of on the writing side, and Jack Kirby was the illustrator. Okay. And so he did, like, pretty much everything besides Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. Cool. From the Silver Age here. We're, like, all the stuff we're looking the, at. The art direction of that planet is amazing. Just the concept yeah. alone is fantastic. The idea that, like, it's a trash planet. Yeah. That, like, I, presumably other planets have just been like, all right, this is the trash planet. <laughs> and we're going to put all our portals here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the dump of yeah. the universe it's it's just like yeah it's the where it is like all these different like gateways open up there and like maybe like all the debris from like space battles and stuff they just eventually drift and find their way uh-huh. through one of these portals and it's just constantly i, I really did interpret at least some of them as, as being purposeful like trash portals i mean you do see like there's some that it's constant stuff coming out yeah of it. yeah so i just I love and like enough people have like accrued there to be like, well, we can build a trash <laughs> empire. Yeah, yeah. All the everything is just kind of scavenged yeah. together. The when he's on the, the way to see the Grandmaster, she the voice describes Sakar as a place for lost and unloved things. Yeah, <laughs> like you. <laughs> now, um, the Grandmaster's assistant. Mm-hmm. Who is that? I, I don't know. know. I recognize her from something. Okay. I I'm going to look her up. up. Yeah, she was great. She kept trying to hand him that stick. Yeah. <laughs> what do you call it? The melt, the melt, the melt, the melt stick. Melt stick. Yeah. <laughs> and who, he melted somebody. <laughs> the word, and they said, cousin? Did he say cousin? <laughs> yeah. He said, hi, cuz. <laughs> and he'd obviously done something wrong. Yeah. And he's like, I pardon you from life. <laughs> and his great Jeff Goldblum voice. And then. He's like this awful melting sequence. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, and I'm stepping in it. <laughs> like that was, became the most annoying thing to him. They just wanted to establish him, even though he's like funny and weird. He's he's very also, dangerous. Yeah, he's also a despicable, you know, ruler, despot. Uh, oh man. So anything else before we we you take your 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 pop quiz? Um, shoot. No. What about Korg and the... Oh, yeah, fantastic. Korg and what's his little buddy's name? Meek. Meek, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, Ta- Taika Waititi voicing the stone, the <laughs> rock guy, Korg, was fantastic. So he's the same race of, of aliens that Thor fought at the very beginning of Thor 2. He, like, ah, smashed okay. the yeah, rock guy yeah, open. Yeah. yeah, okay. But he is definitely, like, very different. Oh, Watched a lot hilarious. of American television or something. Yeah. He's... Like, just his matter-of-fact way of talking to everybody. <laughs> One of my favorite parts was when Loki had been there talking to Thor, like, in, in you know, uh, he was casting himself, whatever yeah, you call his it. his illusion or whatever. Yeah, illusion. And <laughs> right when he disappeared, Korg runs up and he's like, piss off, ghosts! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and kicks the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that all the time. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Um, no, I think we're ready to... Um, Enter the crucible that is Aaron's pop quiz. <laughs> it's good. In the comics, Grandmaster 
is a member of a group called the Elders of the Universe, powerful ancient beings that are the last surviving members of otherwise extinct races. Mm. Ego from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is an honorary member of this team. We've met another in the MCU. Who is it? I know who it is. I'm going to get... Oh, I'm gonna take, I want to take a guess. Take a guess. Without... Without even hearing the options. Without, now, if I'm I'd, wrong, give me the options. Okay. I think it's the collector. You're right. Yes! <laughs> okay. I ha- it's something about the way the Grandmaster was portrayed and I don't just I, yeah. I instantly thought it was just reminding me of well they did the a great job then <laughs> yeah and I just I thought there's something about him reminds me of the collector yeah just that is the arrogance they both kind of the have ego. that little strip of they paint do have the little the, thing yeah. on the chin yeah uh-huh so cool that is okay. definitely yeah. something there's a in the comics there's a ton of them that have names like that like the Grandmaster the collector the gardener the whatever whatever you know yeah, they're all yeah. stuff like that ego was kind of adopted in there because in the comics he's not quite like he is in the movies okay but he's the last of his species as well the sure. idea and it's really neat uh in the Marvel Universe the idea is that when you become the last of your species um, the universe as a way of preserving that so that you that species doesn't become extinct the last living one becomes immortal oh. and gets like special powers and can live forever uh-huh. and um, enough of these people over the millions of years have um, there it's they have like this part of it is this like will to live that comes from like some sort of obsession. Mm -hmm. So like the collector, right. Okay. You know, he's obsessed with collecting everything and that keeps him going Mm -hmm. and that kind of like fuels it. And the grandmaster is all about like strategy and games. Okay. In uh, 1982 there, he was, I don't know if that's when he was introduced, but he had a storyline called Marvel's um, contest of champions, Mm -hmm. which is his contest of champions in this movie. And they kind of based it on that a little bit. He um, collected all a bunch of heroes from Earth, you know, Iron Man and, and all those guys. And he split them into two groups. It was him and the personification of Death, who is somebody that's a, a character in Marvel Comics. Mm. And he he had a deal uh, with her. He said, if, if my team wins, we'll split these guys up. If my team wins and does the challenge, then you have to give me back the collector. The collector's his buddy. And the collector had just died. Oh. And so he's like, I want him back. Um, but if I lose, then he'll stay dead forever. Which, if you think about it, for death, it's like, why? You know, yeah, I could well, just not com- compete. Right. But that was the deal. Okay. And I guess she's like, whatever. Okay. You know, she doesn't have much going on. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they did. And uh, Grandmaster's team uh, was the winner. Uh-huh. And the collector came back. But then death is like, I'm going to put a twist on it. And he'll come back, but you gotta go oh. and take his place. And oh. Grandmaster was like, "Okay, that's fair." Uh, but then he like later, of course, his comic book stuff. So yeah, he I... found a way to like reverse things, uh-huh. and, you know, because he's a, he's a strategist in the in the comic right, books. Right. Because being dead isn't actually being dead. He's just going <laughs> yeah. to a different place. Yeah, he just needs somebody else to play some sort of game for him. <laughs> the collector could just collect a bunch of things, and he'll come back to life. Right. So, right. Unless you're Uncle Ben, then you're dead forever. <laughs> Um, another comic storyline that this movie borrowed from is called Planet Hulk, and it's a big fan favorite storyline from 2006. And it's kind of similar to what happens at the end of Age of Ultron, where Hulk um, goes on a rampage. Some like I think it's like a gamma bomb. Some bad thing happens to him, makes him lose control, mm-hmm. and he lays waste to Las Vegas. Mm. So there's this group of uh, powerful superheroes 
it's like they're a secret group they get together and like make decisions for on earth's behalf basically Mm -hmm. and it's like dr strange mr fantastic tony stark professor x all the heavy hitters the Uh leaders of their teams um i forgot professor i forgot the the mutant x-men are part of that yeah exactly uh black bolts from the inhumans so there it's all the and and namor those are the main ones um so the illuminati get together and they say oh hulk's (laughs) gotta go he's he's messing up he's so their plan was to put him on a ship trick him on to get him on a ship and land him on some planet somewhere safe and he'll just live out his life on another planet where there's nobody else and he won't hurt anybody else but he gets sucked into a portal and he ends up on Sakaar. Oh, okay. Which is not, it's not run by the Grandmaster in the comics. It's run by a guy named the Red King. Um, and he, had, but he has a, a similar gladiatorial kind sure. of thing. Uh-huh. And Hulk um, is forced to fight. But he makes friends in, with uh, other contestants, including Korg and mm, Meek. Cool. And he um, ends up escaping Sakaar, coming back to Earth. And he's mad that he's been exiled there. <laughs> and he uh, that starts a new storyline called World War Hulk, where oh. he like takes over Earth. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He he um Hulk is definitely not a clear cut hero in the comic books. Oh, he, interesting. he he definitely depending on the storyline and the writer, he's he's kind of a jerk. Uh-huh. So, you know, he's 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 an uncontrollable like force of nature yeah. sort of. Yeah. Well, they're definitely playing with that in the movies. They're sh- they're yeah. showing, you know, like the uncontrollable nature of Yeah. you know, the Hulk side of Banner. And that that uh, I really do enjoy that. I I'm, for how terrible the first Hulk movie was, <laughs> he's become one of the more interesting characters to me. So, this is something that I didn't write down, but I think it bears uh, repeating uh, or, or bringing up. So Universal, you know how these all these Marvel characters, they have all these different crazy rights. So the Universal owns the rights to make Hulk movies, mm-hmm. not Disney. And so that first Incredible Hulk was made by Universal. Of course, this was before Disney bought. Disney hadn't bought Marvel yet. Right. So the first ones were Paramount and then Universal made Hulk and they were happy to play ball. You know, like, uh-huh. why not? Um, at the time. Uh, but now Disney has it and they're amassing everything. Yeah. And they managed to make a deal with Sony for the rights to make these movies. But Sony still has the rights and they make their own movies. Um, Disney can make the movies, but it's... Uh, so that's what it is. Disney can make the movies, but Universal gets first right of refusal for distribution. Oh, which okay. is like where the money is. Right, So sure. Disney's not interested in giving them a taste because they're competitors. Mm-hmm. So they don't make any... That's why there haven't been any other standalone Hulk movies. Interesting. Because uh, Mark Ruffalo is a star and he would make a really cool Hulk movie, including a planet Hulk movie. That would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people speculate that Hulk being such a prominent character in this is their stealth way uh, yeah, to get, to get him in there. In, yeah. Yeah. So this That's is like good. a secret Hulk movie, yeah. but it's like, Hey, it's says Thor on the, on the title. So universally, you don't get a, yeah. you don't get to play, but it's also Hulk. Yeah. yeah but it's also Hulk. And I, it felt that way. And it was a Thor and Hulk movie. Yes. Sure. And so that's, people are speculating. That's the future of Hulk movies is Hulk will be in a, someone an, else's an movie. ingredient in somebody else's yeah. movie. Well, that's uh, cool. Yeah. But I like that. It's interesting. It's interesting to see how all these different film rights have to yeah. be navigated. Well, and it's, I feel like that's one of those things where like, you know, the limitations give you freedom within them. Like if, you know, when you're, you're writing a poem in a certain meter and that will free you up to focus on the content because you know, you have to stick to a certain. Yeah. So it's sort of like, they've got these specific rules and that almost gives them 
like more creative freedom in right. a way to like do these cool things. Yeah. Like the boundaries have thought of otherwise. Yeah. The boundaries can, can help you. Right. Absolutely. Um, so this movie definitely is a self-contained, uh, self-contained story, but it, it still ties into the narrative. I like how it's got that duality. Yeah. Cause of course you've got Dr. Strange, uh-huh. you've got direct references, including footage from age of Ultron. Yeah. With black widow. Uh-huh. In there. You've got, and, and to, uh, it was very interesting to banner that had just happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, absolutely. That was the last thing he remembered. He uh-huh. was like, wanted to know what was going on with Sokovia. Yeah. So you've, you've got that. You've got, of course, the references to the previous Thor movies. Uh-huh. And and Loki's whole baggage with the MCU, so it, it does fit together quite nicely. And the ending is interesting with that big giant ship. Do you have any idea what that could be? No, but it reminded me of something, and I don't know what. What? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I tell you what it reminded me of, but I think it's not related to that at all. But it reminded me of the first bad guy in. Oh, the bad guy in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, kind of. You think it looked like a like a Ronan the Accuser? Yeah, it like kind his of, ship, the Dark Aster. Yes, it kind of reminded me of that. Okay, and I, I, I know that it big wasn't. horizontal ship. Yeah, and the idea that it like it almost looked like it was like rotating, mm-hmm. like the design of it like was sort of I don't know. Yeah, rotated. I I could see that along they, the wings. They they both are definitely very much instead of being like. Um, like Corvette style, like the like you know you're used to seeing them in Star Wars. Yeah, like the, it's it's a giant long. flying wing. Yeah, exactly. It's more of a horizontal bar coming towards yes. you rather uh-huh. than yeah, like a column that's like a lengthwise. Dart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I I can I could totally see that. That's that's an interesting connection. Um, they mentioned speaking of connections to the movies, she mentioned Xandar, which yeah. she picked up uh-huh. when she was talking about how to get there. She, there she was calculating eighteen months to Asgard. <laughs> yeah, from Sakar. By way of Xandar. Uh-huh. Um, all right, let's get move into Infinity Watch. Yeah, let's get there. So the existing stones uh, are all where we think they are. Ethers still on Nowhere, Orbs on Xandar, Mindstone and Eye of Agamotto are on Earth. Tesseract, though, where's that at? That was on Asgard. Asgard right. doesn't so exist. I think they imply pretty heavily that Loki grabbed it. While we're talking about uh, Infinity Watch, something I, I wrote down on my notes, but we, I didn't get a chance to talk about it. In Odin's treasure room, when Hela's there, yeah, she um, is going through, and she's kind of unimpressed with all the stuff, you know. Uh-huh. She she does think the Skull of Sorter is neat. She's uh-huh. called, I think she calls it a powerful weapon. She sees the Tesseract. She says, that's not bad. Yeah. But the first thing she does is there's a giant Infinity Gauntlet that she pushes over, yeah. and it's got gems in it. But it's like fake. And she calls it fake. Yeah. And she pushes it over. um, So it's interesting that that Odin seems to know about (laughs) that there's like such a thing as like a gauntlet that can hold infinity stones. Mm -hmm. And he's gone to the trouble of like making a a false one. Yeah. Just for his own. Yeah. Treasure room. It's and it's a way of kind of retconning because it was there in Thor one. This is before they knew they were making the Avengers. Okay. We'd seen it in there because she also mentioned that she saw the casket of ancient winners uh-huh. and she called it weak or something. Yeah. And so we'd seen it in there before. It's like a little Easter egg. But then we also saw at the end of Age of Ultron, Thanos getting his Infinity Gauntlet yeah. and said, "I'll do it myself." And so people are like, "Wait, was he in Odin's treasure room?" Yeah. Like, 
And so that's when she, you know, out and out says like, that's not real. Don't worry about it. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, that's funny. But it does definitely imply that Odin is aware of uh-huh. such an artifact. Was aware, we should say. Yeah. Poor uh, so, you know, uh, let me let me ask you this. Do you take the scenes with Thor sort of speaking with his father during the fight with Hela and, you know, he's sort of getting some advice from Odin sort of how to channel his power. Do you see those as sort of like Thor's internal monologue with the memory of his father mm-hmm. or do you actually see that as like a connection sort of beyond into the realm of the dead is he speaking with his dead father that's a really good question um i th- i think i think he probably was still communicating with odin sort of okay. like uh you know like obi-wan mm-hmm. as a force ghost yeah i think there there is a piece of that odin i th- I, I agree with you i think i, I think odin can can beat death you know at yeah. least I, I he i don't know that he died i don't know that somebody like odin could die but he's basically it, yeah. done being a person well and that's I, i'm getting that impression a lot of times when people quote unquote die and we i joked about it earlier when you're talking about um the comics thing yeah. about the you know uh Uncle the grandmaster yeah uh dying but then yeah. somehow getting out of it yeah like so these 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 characters and these people and are, are so powerful that like death is not really an unknown anymore. Mm-hmm. Like death, death is, is a known mm-hmm. like, and it's different than their reality before death. Yeah. But it's not something that can prevent them from still existing. Yeah. D- death does not mean non-existence. Right. So to, so to speak. A- absolutely. Yeah. You can get better from death <laughs> or you can still you can be dead, dead and still have some sort of meaningful existence right you're, yeah. it's, it's almost and and that's a very um norse mythological mm-hmm. idea that the yeah. idea that when you die you go to valhalla yeah it's, exactly. it's it's you're not you're not like because you're not becoming a different thing like your state of being doesn't change but your place of residence changes essentially yeah. mm-hmm. you're you're here's the place of the living where you are now yeah you're just going to go over there with the place of the dead right right and i think that's a really fascinating idea and they they seem to be playing with that idea that you know and maybe we don't fully understand as the viewer you know what that entails but right. clearly there's you know that um, membrane is very permeable. Yeah, you know, for them absolutely. to pass through and affect and communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, super neat. Yeah, I like it. Um, so, just to throw you another um, uh, Ursula Le Guin Wizard of Earthy reference, uh, that is also sort of the way it's presented there, but it's literally a a wall, um, mm. and uh, on the other side is darkness. And if if the living try to penetrate that. Um, they that's not a place where they belong mm. you know they their being does not work well in that place mm-hmm. like and so like it, when the main the main guy goes to try to um rescue um well not to get too far <laughs> into it but anyway i i think i i feel like there's some similarities there and maybe it's just because Le Guin was drawing on a lot of the mythology to begin with yeah. that this is drawing on. Yeah, but absolutely. I'm, I'm hearing echoes and, and feeling echoes of that as I'm Absolutely. This. And that's what I like about it where it's they've got we've 
we've got this like shared source you yeah know, that we can yeah we can draw into and, and when you realize that a lot of these comic books are they're going to the same well uh-huh. you know to tell their stories i think um the the I, you know i love guardians of the galaxy and i i would say like out of all of this guardians is probably my favorite mm-hmm. thor's definitely my second favorite yeah. in terms of like that little canon mm-hmm. and it's because they're drawing so heavily on yeah. you know this this Norse mythology which i i love it's so rich and i love all of the fantasy um that i've read over the years that has also drawn on that and i just i think they're doing a fantastic job yeah good i i'm really excited to see for you to see where where we go we've got six films left yeah that have come out I, that's nuts man so we're we're almost done yeah we've seen almost all of them oh man together. so we have six more to go any idea what the next one is? Uh, I don't have a clue. So next week, this is the last one that you've seen before. You had seen oh, before. Uh, it's Black Panther. Black Panther. You've seen so you'd seen Ant Man, the Two Guardians of the Galaxy, uh-huh. and Black Panther. And uh, may or may not have seen Ant Man and the Wasp. I so we've talked uh, briefly about this, or I'm uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm 99% sure you haven't seen any okay. Man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was just Ant-Man <laughs> that you saw. <laughs> it, was a, it was a fever dream. Yeah. But we'll we'll find out. That, yeah. That's the, the beauty of it. So what do you remember from Black Panther? Um, Black Panther is awesome. Yeah. I uh, That's another rich, deep mythology mm-hmm. that they have created here that um, is absolutely fantastic. What? What was the thing that drew you to like? I'm gonna see that because you saw it at the at the bird. Yeah. What was the thing that was like? You know what? I'm going out of my house and I'm gonna go to this place and watch this movie. It seemed, especially at the time, was this early 2019 or late early 2018? Early 2018, February 2018. Okay. Yeah. It, especially at the time, mm-hmm. um, it just seemed very, very culturally resonant and important. Yeah. And I thought this is not something I can miss. Yeah. You know, the, I, I've got to see this. Um, and it, 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 I think in addition to just being a straight up good movie, it yeah. really is, I think, important to what was happening in current events at the time. And, yeah. And it's still happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it just, it feels, and I haven't articulated this and mm. I'm not doing a very good job <laughs> right now, but it just feels important culturally um, and I, I feel like with the remove of more time, mm-hmm. you know, when we get 20, 30 years down the line, I think it's still going to hold that, yeah. that weight. A- absolutely. It's, it's, it's a, it's a great story and it, it is, it's self-contained, but it like this one, it's, it's a self-contained like adventure, but it still ties in in a lot of really awesome ways. Yep. And, uh, yeah, Chala is an awesome character yeah. and it's, uh. I'm really excited to watch it again. Mm-hmm. It's it's been a minute. It's and you get um one of my favorite moments, uh, which we'll talk about next week, is um you know the vegan gorilla clan. That's right. That's right. Well, Nick, you gotta watch this. listening to our podcast we want to hear from you you can reach out to us on email at you gotta watch this podcast at gmail.com you can also reach us at facebook or instagram at you gotta watch this podcast or on twitter at gotta underscore watch thanks